Welcome to our show, Matches Poetic Makeover, where we share hope, wisdom, nuggets of life for the changing and the challenging times through poems. You are with me, your host, Gertrude Gifte Kazua. Today on this broadcast, we'll discuss who will be there for nurses' mental health through a poem from one nurse to another called The Ventilator. As a way of cheering on nurses, we hope our poem will be a rainbow when the day is dull. Lockdown keeps crawling on. It's been a year long. What's going on? When can we put the smile on with no mask on? But hear it from us from nurses. Your safely smile is one thing that has kept us going when everything else is shaking. We continue to answer that question from Michael Jackson, the pop icon who is gone. But his question continues to challenge us all forever. Will you be there? We'll be there as they cry out for physical needs as well as psychological needs when the going gets tough. Today, we ask this question, who will be there for nurses' mental health after working under a lot of pressure for a year? Yes, nurses around the globe who are amidst the key health care workers have played a very crucial role saving lives. By the way, they are still at the battlefront, confronting the bestest enemy COVID-19, rescuing those under attack of coronavirus, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, you name it. Talking about names, sometimes I feel like I'm a woman with so many titles. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I am in government. I am a minister without portfolio, not he- heading any ministry in particular, but yet playing a crucial role in the affairs of government. <laughs> in my dreams, Let's forget about um, having a, a ministry without portfolio in government. But if there's anything you can remember, this is it. Hope is the oxygen. It is a compass. Hope is an energy conserver. If anything, let's choose hope, despite what's going on around us and in us. I have just done that today. Something within me and around me is shouting some fears, but I reach out to hope. So I extend this invitation to you too. No matter what you do, reach out to hope. Going back to our question, who will be there for nurses? It's not necessarily physically. We can't go where they are, for it's a no-go area. But we can still be with them through our appreciation and continuous affirmation. This is very crucial. Their mental health is very important so that they can keep going. Such that even if I had owned World Bank, I would still be bankrupt of how I could be, how I could say thank you. But maybe the words that I share in this poem will be a lasting inscription. Maybe the generation to come, when from the archive, they will listen to some conversation in the COVID-19 valley. They will stand tall when they will bump into this poetic tribute for nurses. Knowing that you were the bravest when all of us stayed at home. You didn't play safe. Instead, you ran to the front line 
to make us all safe. No amount of money can compare to the honey you have poured to both sin and unseen bruises and breaks of life that you deal with every day. Not armed with machine guns, no bombers flying above to clear the ground, but you have been warriors, ground soldiers, no backup reinforcement, nothing of that sort, yet armed with compassion, love, care, tenderness, gentleness, even amidst the tension and fear, you have been fighting. You continue to fight, saving lives, bringing those who have succumbed to massive bombs of COVID-19, cancer, and all other illnesses. So from one nurse to another, I would like just to mention a few nurses that I know. And for confidentiality, I will not mention their second names. Lindsay, Christy, Tuli, Adimari Kire, Hospice Scotland, Chimwemwe, and Felicitas in Scotland, Janet, my lady, Jay in Birmingham, Flora and Meklina, Hilda in Malawi, and all nurses around the world. This poem is for you. I can't be there for you, where you are. But hear it from us. From this poem, we love you. We care about you. Because when COVID scared us all, you discarded fear. Against all odds, you embraced courage to look after us, to defend our frontier of health. So the poem is The Ventilator. So here is the poem. A year is gone when the hospital ward became like a war zone. No go area for the rest. But for nurses like horses, they are the quickest to where the battle is the stiffest, where even the toughest retreat cause they can't repeat to drop bombs to no one, to nowhere. Even the rifle of the seal cowers. But the pain and the tunic of a nurse shines in the face of the armless, baseless, faceless giants. Grenades won't do, but gallons upon gallons of sacrificial love in a medicine cup will push away the global dread. Armed with surface hearts and compassion, like a battalion with medicine of love, care, empathetic ear, uh, listening ears and touches, they in drones they share, their faces in seas of vapor, yet hope in abundance they pour into cups of many battling against illnesses and disease. Tenderness is their spear. Tenacity is their mission to rescue many from the groundless garrison of COVID-19. They have been there, life above death, their zeal. In thin plastic aprons and gloves and their shields, amidst contagious infection, they have been going, they are going, tomorrow they will go. Where I and you is out of zone. But they are not robots. They are of flesh and blood. They are infusion of blood in this season to every healthy system around the globe to keep going and to keep serving and to keep saving lives. 
So today I celebrate. I celebrate every nurse who, when all, all of us were behind brick trenches, they have been going where the battle is the stiffest, where the fire is the blazest, where the waters rages, not because of heaps of pounds, but nurse core system sounds in HS. They go, their faces drowning in face masks, drenching in vapor. Love is their armor, their tender touches and gentle voices are the ventilator of hope. So I too, I have hope. And this is my hope. Government around the globe, two things they will do. The church call it honorarium. The layman calls it a thank you. They will build a tower in memory of every nace, who in the face of the baseless enemy, they didn't cower, or love and gratitude, it didn't shrink. For once the nurses, they will shower them with a brown envelope of pounds, not as a pay. For no amount of God can pay for every life saved. But maybe after all the fire is distinguished out, they can go for a, a spa day not as leisure, but for a massage, for recharge. They will sit in front of a counselor for their renewal, to continue to be a care and a love vessel for patients and their families. So today, this poetic tribute is a salute to all nurses. My ink is a call to us all to be there for nurses and all who are giving it all to eradicate COVID-19 once and for all. But as my ink spills, as an applaud to these unsung heroes, when you and I need one to hold a glass of water to take some pills, this is my appeal. Let's all our ears be a cup of hope, our shoulders be a pillow. Because when dust is settled, our nurses and all in healthy care, them too, who need a ventilator of renewal so they can go on again where you and I go when our past goes stiff some get broken some of our past refuse to go at their tender loving assurances we go their smiles alone is a blow of life their love and compassion is the best medicine the world has ever known so I ask a question who will be there for the nurses? Who will be there for a promotion? Not for a pay, but for a promotion for their mental health. Thank you. This poem is written by myself, Gertrude Kazua, a former palliative uh, nurse in Scotland. These are the nuggets that I would like to share. Hands can be there for physical needs, but listening ears for the heart and mind that has seen so much for suffering and even pain during this COVID-19, which has gone on for a year, can be the best medicine for our nurses across the globe. So who will be there? Thank you so much. Join us again next time where we share hope and wisdom nuggets 
for the changing and the challenging times. Our purpose is, as we share, we also promote mental health and emotional health. Thank you so much. Welcome to Matches Poetic Makeover. We share hope and wisdom nuggets for challenging times to promote mental health and wellness. Today on his, this show, we share a poem written by a widow reaching out to another by the name of Madame Janet Magufuri of Tanzania. The poem is called Remembering My Bulldozer. Who will be there for the wife to a bulldozer? to anything standing against his efforts to elevate a nation. But to Madame Janet Magufuli, he was the sweetest dose of love and affection. He was a bulldozer to singlehood. Yes, it's a blessing to be single, but not when the yearning to get married cannot be bulldozed by expressions like, singlehood is a gift. Yes, Dr. John Magufuli was the bulldozer to resistance, allurement, and courtship around Madame Janet Magufuli. Here is the poem, Remembering My Bulldozer. My scribbles aren't drizzles of empty appreciation of your compassion for me and my children, affection and respect for our late president, the true giant of transformation, the revolutionary radiance of Africa. Tropical skies were all an echo of Eureka when they saw the wrecker of reckless abuse of resources. But I can't be a pretender that I am a fortress when my fierce love and friend is forever gone. Should the mask I pull over and task to put a curse over my love nest, instead go to his royal chamber where all dignitaries and guests and my husband used to converge digested matters of interest. In there, he was belt conveyor of leadership. In there, he was the president. But in my heart, he was number one resident, the lordship of my loveness. So when I cry, it's the giant of love that I miss. When you cry, it is your president first that you miss. So I give myself a choice. Not to grieve for our president first, but the man who was a resident in my love nest first. The one when he first met, the words he uttered first. I sighed heavily. I sang quietly. Oh, well, I think I have found myself my bulldozer. For before he even began pouring shots and doses of his love for me, my walls of Jericho putting out marriage sweeters were a pile of crumble. His affectionate bulldozing eyes were a forever love sparkle for a permanent settlement. So give me space to remember my bulldozer, whose relentless love was a displacement to my maiden name, an elevation to a crown to the first madame of a nation. So before I remember him as a leader of an upgrading nation, give me room to remember a man who loved me best of the class of Boaz of Ruth. So first things first, the ABC sometimes in my unheard screams or drops of tears in my cup of water 
or on my doting lover's pillow, a gift to me when our love was one year older, are not of the shining star present first, but the ABC of my forever charming prince, who the A in him is for an agent of purest love, whose rivers watered flowers to every corner within our borders. The B in him is for a brilliant father of my children, their encourager and friend. Cease for the consumment of the anguish within me, which is now for the rubbish pit. For it is congruent to the true confession that I am lost without my defendant warrior armor and valor. Death is a plunder. I am powerless. My eminent fierce love is no longer the beacon of intimacy and militance for the stability of our home. Yes. One of the giants of Africa sleeps, but our mind over can't sleep. Neither death nor highest can be an eraser of the compassionate leader of our nation, the rare joy with sacrificial affection for our hearts and homes. So when I lament, it's not the present I grieve for first, but the gallant of selfless love, relentless discipline, yet deeper infusion and louder adoration for us all, so when I cry, I miss my most excellent lover, and my heart refuses to be merrier. Every appraisal for his ability and audacity, every eulogy for his encouragement and courage, every best guitar for his bravery, every comment for his creativity, every lament for his liberation spirit, every poem for his fight and warring might, every syntax for his struggle against poverty, every sentence for his shrewdness, every word for his wit, every tear and prayer for his tenacity, generosity and care, every eulogy from the lips of imaging passionate statesmen, is like a forever seal for his legacy. But for my children, all overflowing tributes are remembrance of our insufficiency and total dependence on our maker. For death is a heartbreaker, a robber of a dad and a covering. For when my children to his office flock, they meet a tight lock, no tick-tocks, no clocks and clocks of computer. All is silent. Who can knock on the entrance of a graveyard? To you all, he was a granite of revolution, a tower of refusal to be a cowering to bribery and corruption. His inner world was a crane to every rubble along his renovation lane. His resolution for Tanzania was brighter. His life is insignia of determination. But for my children and me, he was our marble. His love was an aura of dazzle, the shining star of our home. The ever-present beacon of courage is no longer the brightest candle. So for us, it's not the warrior president of Africa that we miss first, but the face that covered us all first. We are the vineyards to dismiss that the armor of our home, the banner of our encouragement, the shield of our mansion is forever gone. I can't hold it all in. My backbone is not an iron man, neither a bull in the fierce fight. Yet I charge on, but to pour over my head in regalia, to be an overall charge commander of a home, is a mere dream for now. Maybe later, when it gets lighter, I'll be a salamander. But for now, I remain a mother. You have another president, but for me, my children, one of our members in our resident, his dining chair lies empty. Some pots and pan lie dry. We can't cook his favorite ugali, so give us space and time to cry not for the president, 
but for my husband, the father of my children, the son of my in-laws, the brother of my sister-in-laws. So when my nose I blow, when I glow low, whether you put the glow of the gold he did, or all your ways are a zoom of his blind spots, remember all what I ask is a tiny corner spot in your hearts and thoughts that Dr. John Pombe Magufuli magufulized Tanzania or turned your world upside down. All that matters is what which stand you are on. But for me and my children, what matters is that we have lost a champion. With your permission, we sit and process the loss and the pain. Maybe in God's time, one day we will confess we have known comfort. We have known alleviation of sorrow. And hopefully our tomorrow, once again for us all, will grow. Maybe God's faithfulness in us and ours will be the brightest glow. And this tropical moonless night season soon will be a radiating diamond for us all. Thank you. This poem is written by Gertrude Kazua, who is a widow to Dr. Basson Kazua, to Madame Janet Magufuli, the president of Tanzania. What are the nuggets that I'm sharing in this poem? A rich farmer once organized a Christmas for meal for his workers. Many turned up. Few did not come thinking that because it was the end of the year, their boss would be reminding them about the money they owed. But the boss didn't. They missed out. Rarely would people miss happy functions unless there is a genuine reason. Likewise, people will be available before the funeral ceremony. But after it, people go back to their houses. But that's when the grieving starts. And that's when a lot of support is needed for emotional, mental, psychological, and even physical needs. As a reflection to the poem, in it I raise a number of issues that affect widows despite class, age, or how poor or how rich they are. So answering the question, who will be there for, for, for widows, or who will be there for Madame Janet Makofoli? Our answer, Michael Jackson, if we were going to answer that question, is maybe another widow. Maybe one who has known loss of a husband. Maybe another widow who has known property grabbing. Maybe another widow who has been told you are still grieving. I thought one year has passed. Your friends have moved on. By now they would have been married. Maybe another widow who has been told. Now it's time to move on. You have been in this place for so long. People can grieve even for months. Maybe that one. Am I right to argue to say that maybe to reach another widow effectively, we need to support one widow and widow and maybe build a nest around that widow. When we build a nest around that widow, then in communities where needles, widow services are needed, maybe this widow that we have hold hands, who we have put our resources around, maybe she can be an answer to needs of widows. Otherwise, as we speak, if our numbers are not known, should we assume 
that then they would know how mentally we are affected, how, how many are suffering stress, how many are affected by depression. As we speak, as the only parent in the home, our children are affected. These are some of the things that I was reflecting on this poem. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'll leave you with the thoughts that I've, I've shared. Am I right to say maybe we need to raise up widows so that they reach another? Up until next week, do join us again on the Majlis Poetic Makeover where we share hope and nuggets of life for the changing times to promote mental health and wellness. Thank you so much. Thank you.